podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. It's Russ. What's going on? Russ Harris 11. Hope you're you're safe and well. Um, This is going to be a bit different today, but we thought, why not? Because obviously we've we've reached our our, our 100th guest, which was posted today. Mr. Chris Akabusi was, was kind enough. To, uh, to to spare us some time, um, and that was that's gone up, and I was enjoying that. And uh, we thought we'd do something different, and we thought we'd try something live. And uh, for this inaugural live stream, how exciting is this? We've got uh, Tom from Hammers Chat. Tom, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I didn't actually know that Chris Akabusi was your hundredth guest. So, <laughs> what, oh my God. Follow, what a follow like, up from this? Is it too late to? Is it too late to get Charlie Walsh in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah no he's uh he's he's a great man but yes i'm, I'm very excited to, to be here, especially doing it live as well obviously you pitched the idea to me earlier and i was all, all for it so yeah i'm, I'm glad to yeah uh, well i thought you know you do you do the watch alongs and stuff so i thought you know it's yeah. i mean it's no different i mean i don't edit the videos anyway it's just that you know you got to be, you know, just just have a go and see what happens more than anything. Um, so, so obviously, thanks for coming on, Tom. Obviously, we, um, we, you know, I got you, uh, got you a bit excited last week at the uh, Chelsea game when I came on the live stream and said, "Hey, come on," because we've had everyone else, we've had Tom on. So, uh, I'm really glad to have you on finally. Now, what we try and do, and obviously, because this is a live um, show today, please feel free to you know make comments and stuff as we go along. Um, anything I say that's probably wrong factually, I'm sure someone will pick me up on it, but uh, bugger it, you know, we're, we're going live today. Um, so what I do with everyone, Tom, is I, I find out their West Ham origins, so their story. So, why is West Ham your club? Um, unfortunately, I, I'll say, unfortunately, um, <laughs> it was it was just my entire family is all sort of the history, they will go back through, um, through East London, um. And everybody seems to, I guess it's similar to most uh, in terms of as, oh, great, he's here. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's It all went back through East London and it seems like everybody from my nan, my granddad, all different sides of the family, everybody mm. was a West Ham fan. A lot of them grew up in Dagnum and, and Romford and sort of worked on the docks and that kind of stuff, you know. Um, oh, she's here as well. Oh, great. <laughs> Good friends of the pair of them. Um, so... Yeah, it, it, it kind of came through through that and, and my dad as well. His dad, the only person really in the family that um, was the weird one, he supported Arsenal. Um, but I think my dad's stepdad was a, was a West Ham fan as well and he kind of ushered him in to, to support him. West Ham and filtered through to me and to my brother and to, to everybody else. So it's kind of the, our whole family um, from, from every angle you look at is, uh, is, is West Ham, um, bar my granddad on my dad's side who decided to go for Arsenal. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that must be interesting when it comes to uh, when it came to West Ham versus Arsenal games. Yeah, yeah, actually, and it was because it was one of my first ever games, which I'm sure we'll get into in a second. Was 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 Arsenal? So yeah, it was uh, a weird, yeah. weird time too. Yeah, brilliant. And, and so let's do it. Yeah, what was so? What was your first game? Was it Arsenal? Um... It, it was not. Um, I still do have the programs here. They're up in the loft. There, uh, 2001 was my first game. Um, West Ham versus Newcastle, three three nil game. Remember it well. Um, it was uh, life for me. I think it was maybe Hutchinson. I, I, I was just checking earlier um, who the scorers were. There you go, Hutchinson, De Canio, and Canute. Wow. Um, so yeah, that that was my first ever game, Repka's debut, I think, in the in the Premier League and stuff like that. So yeah, that was that was the first game I ever ever went to. Um, and I, I went to a few 
that that season it was kind of i think i was a bit scared of the noises and stuff like that yeah. but um yeah i remember during sort of those days my dad would take me down to chadwell heath quite a lot you know photos with all the players and sitting waiting for sebastian schemmel for like 30 minutes while he was on his car phone in the training ground i don't know if anybody else has similar stories <laughs> of that um but yeah so it was that was me before i moved up to to yorkshire um because i'm originally i'm a south end um boy um, and i was down south till i was six or seven so yeah i moved up to Yorkshire and kind of had to leave West Ham behind. But those are my sort of earliest memories that I yeah. had of. So you moved. So, so no, Pete, was it, was it still Peter Pan's playground when you were at South End or was it now the Adventure Island? No, it was Peter Pan's, I think, you know, back then. Um, it was <laughs> great, great summers there, especially when my, yeah. my cousin used to work there as well. Um, and I know Charlie will hate me for doing this, but this was, seeing this is my, my main me- bit of memorabilia, but this was from the, if we're talking early memories, this is from, uh, Obviously, the Upton Park wall um, was the first thing that my uh, dad um, sort of got me as a present. I think my nan bought it for myself and my dad. So my early memories, if we were ever in that area, um, she literally has just woken up. Um, it was um, the earliest memories was whenever we were sort of went past Green Street and we we're going down there, we always went to look for the brick. So in my head, always going down um, and seeing the brick was was part of yeah. my early memories kind of thing. So. Yeah, I know South End, South End, the big whip. That was my one. <laughs> I loved the big whip, big whip. It was just like, you just get like this neck. It, it was like, it was just going to rip your neck off. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but no, yeah, I know what you mean. And, and so, you know, since then, obviously, um, since since obviously your first games, lots of, lots of, obviously you do the Hammers Chat stuff and obviously seeing yes. games and things like that. You know, what's... What's like some sort of big memories, yeah, some sort of things that stick out, you know, in your sort of your your fan career, so to speak, at the moment? Um, I mean, when I was at uni in Sheffield, it was, um, I was doing quite a well-paid job <laughs> just for you that charlie um i was in well quite a well-paid sort of bar job i was picking up a lot of shifts during the week and stuff um so i was traveling home and away um sort of every every other weekend and i met oh, wow. some great people um doing that for a few, for a few years friends that i'll carry through me for the rest of my life um and the hammers chat thing sort of came around the same sort of time i think the first ever time don't you start I'm trying to do a live stream here <laughs> Um, get some professionalism please <laughs> chat um the, i remember with hammers chat the first ever show i yeah. ever did with those guys was um when we beat liverpool when our bonus scored in the 119th minute um wow. so and at the time we were on sort of 300 subscribers um and although charlie gonzo and, and Gio were there from the start you know i always seen i think they see me as the fourth sort of member and i disappear a little bit now and again um but I've always helped with, you know, the graphic design area. That's 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 my hammers chat forte, self-taught. <laughs> um, but in terms of the, the the fan stuff, I think it's just those friendships almost that I built with those yeah. guys. Because obviously we have the boats and, and stuff. And it was weird meeting up and seeing everybody for the first time sort of a couple of months after, you know, um, the, the final season had finished in the Bolin. And just, just meeting those guys and knowing that every – every time you go down you've always got somebody that's there for you and, I, and the thing is i'm not talking about just um sort of west ham but in life as well some of these guys you know geo and charlie specifically that have reached an arm out when things aren't great with my yeah. own personal problems and stuff so i mean these guys genuinely will be friends for the rest of my life and, and that aspect i wish it was like a west ham fan memory but i think just meeting people like that i guess um for me has been one of the the best moments about west ham um yeah 
Yeah, very true, Charlie. Very true. <laughs> I'm just going to have to put her out because otherwise she will keep no, moaning. Go for it. Go for it. In the meantime, I'll fill in. Obviously, um, uh, we've got some great guests coming up as well. We've got some some next players coming up very very shortly this weekend. So anyway, uh, that advertisement going on. Um, yeah. So I, do you know what? I totally get it about about sort of the hammers chat thing and and sort of those the, the friends you make because yeah, you know. And I've said it almost every video, but every it's so true. We're not in it for the football. We're not. We've backed yeah. the wrong bloody horse if we are to be honest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but obviously it's about the community. Um yeah. and as you said, you know, you started with three hundred Christ, you know, how much chat, you know, two and a half, two, twelve and a half thousand, something like that, subscribers yeah, now. Crazy, and that's really. not on the main that's just the main channel. Um yeah. I mean, you know, for, for this this channel itself, was it seven weeks ago I started it? We're at a thousand now, a hundred guests, and it's like and it's back to back interviews and and people are just and it's all about the community and it's all about mm. every fan journey is different every player's journey is different why they're west ham you know some are born into it some literally watching match of the day and they just pick that team because it's claret yeah. and blue and then 70 years later they're still supporting the same team yeah. but through thick and thin mainly it's, the thing is i mean i do i do there are don't forget don't get me wrong like, there are some great memories that i have when i'm down there i mean most of mine as charlie will tell you I am usually absolutely twatted in. I can't remember it. I think, I mean, I've had fights with people in rollerbladers in Stratford um, International, and I've had, you know, times where I've nearly not got on coaches due to myself and Gio being too inebriated and missing trains and just stuff like that. But I mean, of course, of course, you and Gio, you know, you're like <laughs> miles up the bloody. That's, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's what I give so much respect. No, I moan about having to get. Uh, you know, I, I live in Hornchurch or Gidea Park, let's be honest. Um, on the cusp, on the cusp, it depends who I'm talking to. If I'm trying to be with the, you know, trying to be sort of a commoner, I'm in the Hornchurch. If I'm not, I'm at Gidea Park. Um, and uh, I moan about getting a rear up, you know, having to drive to Newby Park, you know, to get this because the rail placement buses, guys like yourself, Geo, even like the Scandinavian Hammers, people like yeah. that, they're charged. You know what? It just. Nothing See, even I, more to I, 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 I never knew how tough Gio's journey was. And don't get me wrong, like he, his journey is awful because he sets off the day before me. Um, but when I was coming down sort of every other weekend, um, it was midnight buses from um, Leeds bus station and then arriving down at London, Victoria for seven o'clock. So we could all go, myself, Charlie, Gio, Tom Down, Bears, other people, part of the Hammerstrap community. So we could jump over to to the golden grove for seven o'clock breakfast and, and and drinks or coke if you're charlie so it's uh that's coca-cola by the way if, if nobody knows charlie he doesn't drink <laughs> nor does he take drugs um <laughs> but yeah it's that that getting up and being 12 o'clock even though you know you're probably going to lose or it's it's not going to be the result that you always wanted you yeah. do it for the for the people you meet when you're down there so that's yeah. like i said i've got so many good memories that i could um i could talk about there's, yeah, there's obviously loads from seeing it i mean i am a season ticket holder as well but it's you know uh like i said the people just carry you really yeah. um with it's the true club, so, yeah so it's so true and i think that's and it's, it's great that football's back it's great that we're doing you know there's, there's something new to moan about more than anything for west Ham fans but <laughs> I, I think it's it's until everyone's back um until those sixty thousand get back into london stadium and everyone sings bubbles together this you know it, it, the football is literally a, a small portion of the a small 
chunk of the pie chart you know it's all about as you said meeting up with the guys i mean you, you know obviously at the moment you're doing everything virtually you haven't mm. seen each other for ages and you're still keeping some you know getting some great content going but it's not the same as being on the boat is it and having a beer afterwards and and i'm i've made you know and i have made a vow that you know next season to to get to the one of the boats after the game obviously <laughs> i can't go before the game i'm there four hours before as you know do not um, go before the game because you will be playing all sorts inside the stadium <laughs> Christ, could you imagine could you imagine i predict a riot they'll all be they'll all be coming up but um yeah no uh no it's uh it's one of those things i'm you know because it i mean i've made a lot lot of new friends um on this channel doing it who i haven't really spoken to no disrespect so i haven't spoken to you before charlie no, no, no. i actually tell like charlie i did meet charlie and geo um many many years ago but we sort of we met and we didn't meet you know Char yeah, charlie yeah. i knew i knew you from somewhere and it, it turned out like i don't know five years ago he came up to the yeah. box once and and yeah. uh, him and geo but you know all those and gonzo you know i've been i'm gonzo's personal photographer now so um oh, yeah. yeah 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 when you see his green screen pictures you go they look really good <laughs> i did them i did them yesterday <laughs> so yeah so it's uh yeah that's great fun isn't it? and everyone's chips in same as this everyone chips in with ideas for people um interview this person or i'll get a text and he's this person's phone number he wants to get involved and and it's it's i don't i think i'm a little bit biased but i'm pretty sure no other club does what we do do you know in terms of that level of um in terms of that sort of level of togetherness you know yeah. you know you watch ham i mean the best thing of watching an arsenal defeat is then watching arsenal fan tv the next day isn't it that's what everybody does um west ham fans yeah we have a moment but that's it we're done we're sorted so it's uh it's all good it's all good yeah, Charlie's, uh, Charlie's, you know, are a risky. Yes, yes, they certainly are. Pre-match boats are a risky prospect, especially uh, when I'm I'm there at City o'clock in the in the morning. <laughs> Although I don't, that's what I don't like about these games at the moment. It's like six o'clock games, and I know. Oh, I tell you what, it's ridiculous. I know. Routine. I hate it. Even Andy. Um, no, it's, no, I just hate it. It's um, it's like yesterday, wasn't it? We had the six o'clock game, but there was was it Millwall versus Middlesbrough? It was three o'clock. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, even Super Sunday this weekend. It's like four games back to back to back to back on Sunday. It's like it's brilliant, but I just can't keep up. Literally, <laughs> I wanted I'll, more than football. I wanted it so much. Like I'm yeah. sure everybody else does. But then it's like it's being rammed down your throat. It's like well, just. <laughs> Just ease me back in, please. <laughs> no, I'm very similar to, to what Rebecca says, actually. I, I literally, I'm the same. I, I will check my phone and I'll be like, oh, my God, there was there was two six o'clock games. I mean, obviously, probably everyone's been aware today. Obviously, Bournemouth drew against Tottenham, as I could have predicted. Um, and uh, and Everton drew today. And uh, I think United are beating Aston Villa. So, again, things are still going our way. Um, I think we've only had one... One result's gone our hasn't gone our way since the restart, and that was I think Brighton beating Arsenal. Every other game has gone our way, and we just Watford, Watford the other day Watford, against Sheffield. Yeah, Watford, probably Sheffield, the one, yeah. Isn't it? yeah, but it's it's going to be a big couple of games coming up, mate. Big couple of games. Big. Yeah, and what you could watch my myself and Charlie's demise potentially on the final day of the season. That'll be fun, won't it? Oh my god, I, just, I haven't even thought about that before now. But imagine we just get relegated on the could final you? day. I know. How would we react? I don't. I don't know. That's something. Yeah, I, I think I might yet. have to do. A, I might have to do a special, a special uh, live stream from the Inside ground. The ground. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> just me, like me being me hanging myself off the off the, the fame, but going, "Oh my god, we've got to play." We've got. But then I'm thinking, how are we going to deal with Millwall? 
next season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Let's get on. let's get on. Let's get on. So obviously, you know, the whole point of this is is you know we can talk about West Ham all the time. And that's what we do. But it's about this Hammers eleven. Um, and so the idea is, everyone, you pick your, your eleven, and it, you could pick whoever you want. To be honest, it could be. I mean, we've had a lot, we've got a, I've got a great one coming up from a, from a guy from the states. Uh, I'll probably post that tomorrow. About uh, he did the whole team based on the letter B, like the B team. So they had to all have start their um their surname with a B, and it's quite funny because it's, yeah. it's quite it's quite a, quite an experienced fan we call him. But um, uh, the only the only caveat really is you had to be alive to have seen him play. That's, that's it. That's fair enough. That's, that's all right. right. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> And we're so we're doing things a bit differently. We're live now, obviously, so we're not. So you're not going to have the little team selection on the on on that side. I'm not used to it on that side. Um, we're going to have uh, do things a little bit differently today. We'll see what, we, what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. See I've been busy goes. on PowerPoint tonight. <laughs> my, my poor wife and my daughter have been eating their dinner, and I've been huddled over PowerPoint over uh, over Tom's selection. Right, so. Tom, Tom, Tom. Let's go for um, let's go for your goalkeeper. Let's start with your goalkeeper. Who's in goal for the Tom eleven? Uh, it, it's Rob Green in goal for for me. Um, Rob Green. Uh, I think there's since I've been alive and watching West Ham. I think there's there's I would say been maybe better standards of keepers maybe that we've seen at the club um, in terms of sort of like Fabianski. I think is obviously the main mm. one. Um, but I've during my time, I guess, being a fan, we've had what feels like so many. I think the earliest memory I have is, is, is of Shaka Hislop. Um, and, you know, we've got Rob Green, UC Askelina, and Manuel El Munia for a bit, David James, those kind of guys. Manuel um, El great shot. I forgot, mate. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, but for, for me, Rob Green was always the standout. I, I My earliest memories, like I said, of, of seeing week in, week out was that big mop hairdo. Um, and obviously, what, what happened for England, which I don't think was his fault i think that those yeah. bloody jebelani balls or whatever they were with all the swerving in the air there was all that very, yeah i totally yeah. agree um and it kind of derailed his career but i always thought he was an absolutely brilliant servant for us um uh, and it i like I, I wanted in my head to, to potentially pick the best keeper which was obviously in my opinion fabianski um but for me um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just giving you a pre-warning. I'm really sorry. Spoiler, Charlie, you want to switch off now? Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for me, oh, <laughs> I said, don't worry. Sorry. Uh, but for me, yeah, Rob Green is is kind of the earliest or the the, the best of the bunch. I remember from 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 me yeah. growing up. No, I agree. I agree. And you're you're right. I mean, I mean, Shaka Hislop. I mean, you know, he'd be a good person to get on the show, wouldn't he? Indeed, he would indeed. Sunday. Um, uh, no, no, honestly, yeah, Greeno. I love, I mean, Greeno's brilliant. He's a great, and what I like now is it's almost like stage two of him. You know, you've got his, he's had his crazy, you know, shameless haircut that he yeah, had, which was that. just brilliant. And it's just, I love him. And he just doesn't take himself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And I love people that do that, you know, like Peter Crouch and people like that. You know, they're yeah. a very fortunate position, but they still can can take the piss out of them. You know, the fact that he's them, yeah. got a picture of him with the, with the, the Chelsea, you know, Chelsea, the, yeah. brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. I love it. And the, when he had obviously number six in you know, stitch in his hand and on his gloves yeah. and, you know, oh yeah, good shot, great shot. Right. Okay. Greeno is in. Uh, let's go for left back. Who's your left back? Uh, it's, it's, unfortunately not based on recent form but it is Aaron Cresswell um I I say this I was I was torn here because I don't always feel like we've had 
amazing left backs since I've been alive anyway. Um, obviously, mm. I guess you could say dicks, but that's kind of, I was in nappies and, you yeah. know, prams and stuff. So it's not for me. Um, and also I know, you know, we had like Ilunga and Razvan Rat, as Charlie pointed out, and 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 Pablo Armero and, and people like that. But we've never had a sort of, a solidified left back who was good enough. I mean, Christian Davey maybe played over there. I can't really remember too too much whether he was sort of left back or centre half or or whatever. My mind is is a blank with that one. Um, but for me, I, for some reason Cresswell sticks out just for those first couple of seasons because I honestly thought he was going to go on to do bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Um, like those first couple of seasons when we signed him from from Ipswich, he was just on track He's to be one of the best yeah. left backs in in the Premier League. I mean, mm-hmm. his dead ball set pieces, all that sort of you know the intangibles, the passing, the assists bombing forward um i think that that injury that happened in pre-season with his sort of with his knee ligaments mm. or something i think that obviously derailed him a bit because he sort of seemed to go downward from that point but um those first couple of seasons he was with us um i thought he was one of the best left backs in england um and he was it's unfortunate to see what's happened to him now where we're sort mm. of you know can't really rely on him too much anymore but um yeah I mean that that goal, the free kick against Stoke, sticks out for me um, as yeah. one of my favourite memories of his. He was, he, yeah, such a good player in in his I'll say his prime years at West Ham, those first couple of years at West Ham. So yeah. he's been here a fair while, you know. I think he's been here six six or seven years, I think now. And it's like you're right when we signed him for Ipswich, he was like he was mustard, weren't he? He was really really dynamic, quick, and I think as just, as what happens a lot of West with West Ham, you know, once they get injured. They keep just getting injured, don't they? It's like you know, there's not. I mean, you know, it's it very gone in the days where a guy gets an injury, like Alan Devonshire. You know, I, what I'm obviously pick up a lot when we interview people, and Devonshire got injured really, really badly. Completely changed his game, changed the way, and then had a great career. Um, second almost a second career. No one does that anymore now. You know, it's like, yeah. and once his once his pace went, that was it with with, um, with Crest. But yeah, I mean, you know, it was a little bit of a resurgence when he went when we played three at the back. And he was playing on the left of yes. the three. He did all yeah. right then, didn't he? And um, but yeah, we haven't necessarily been blessed in recent years. I think the trouble is once you have Julian Dix, you have been sort of spoiled, really. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it was just before, and I got. I, know, I, yeah, really yeah. I mean, I was talk- I was talking with the idea of putting Pablo Armero in. I was discussing this with Charlie, and he was all for me saying Pablo Armero simply because he was always one of my favourite left backs on FIFA to use with his uh, with his pace. Yeah, and then he signed for us. I was like, yeah, get in. He can go in my ultimate team now. <laughs> so, if if it wasn't for Cresswell, Armero would be in there. But yeah, for, for oh, me, dear. Cresswell just pips it. So. Pablo, and he's got a great name. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Pablo <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, we'll go with uh, go with Cress on the left. Let's go with right back. Who do we have right back for the Tom Eleven? Uh, the biggest headless case I think we've seen at West Ham in quite some time. That'd be Thomas Repka. Oh. Uh, I was there for his first Premier League game. I think that was his debut for us, maybe in two thousand one. Um, and he was just, just the headless chicken. Um, and I just, I loved that intensity. I think everybody has their fond memories of Repka just being this absolute hard nut who would nobody would mess with. Um, you know, there's the, I, remember, I think it was him and. Uh, Colina, the ref, when they had that, you know, argument when at a World Cup or something, um, just a no nonsense fullback who just, yeah, I mean he's in prison now, isn't he? Or he was in prison a couple of years ago for doing something or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So. He's, he's, I think, I think the last one he did, um, <laughs> he'd had, I think he hired, he he sold a hire car. Oh, right. as well and then he did something with his girlfriend and blackmailed her oh, it, it, it's thomas repka you know he's, he's, he's even <laughs> more crazy off the pitch than he was on the pitch yeah yeah um 
and met him a couple of times at the training ground as well. And he was such a lovely guy in real life. But as soon as he stepped in between the lines, almost it was like just head was switched on, and he was just he was a I wouldn't say a leader almost, but he, you just you just knew what you were going to get from Repka, and right. that was just uh, you know ninety minutes of pure passion and just aggressiveness. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, Guy Demel couldn't do enough to to get into my into my 11 but uh yeah he was i'm just because i was again i was thinking back of people i've seen throughout the years at, at right yeah. back um and lucas neil and um a, f- a few other players and it just yeah for me repco was obviously the main standout there um, yeah 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 no i get that and and obviously when he when he famously when he left you know that last game and crying his eyes out like a yeah. you know like like a baby really and you know again it's like someone who's so hard you know and then crying like a little girl yeah. really, blubbering you know and I think uh, it stands out to us more because we don't have so many of those sort of players around the squad anymore unfortunately and i think that's why players like repka stand out because of the passion that they showed um mm. it's a shame we don't have more of those players today really unfortunately that we can sort of rely no. on i know what you mean yeah i know what you mean there's it, it's very few and far between isn't it and uh, also it's quite rare as well because he was a foreign-based player you know and how to have that passion and that connection with the club so quickly um was uh was really unusual um but yeah no it was it, it was good fun wasn't it it's like that's what i mean you like i mean we can we like going to a game and being entertained and we and you know someone like repka he's on the edge isn't he you just don't know <laughs> Where he's going? Where he's, he's going that day? For the red card, it's, you don't know what you're going to get. And, that, <laughs> quite, and even before that, exactly. And even before that, we had people like John Moncur and and people yeah. like that who were just on the, the edge of craziness, and you don't know if you know. If, I don't know. If someone peed them off getting into the getting into the the stadium that day. That's it. Whoever's the first left back is going to get munched and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's what we love, right? Okay, let's go into centre backs. Who's your first centre back? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Winston Reed here. This mm-hmm. Um I'm, I'm, I was torn because we've obviously had so many great centre backs, and I, I, I base this eleven off of I wish I could have seen more of Ferdinand and people like that when I was growing yeah, up, yeah, and I thought it'd be unfair for me to put it in. So for me, I mean, in terms of longevity at the club and servants, I think Winston Reed was both of those. I thought when we first signed him. Excuse me. After that um, World Cup, when he when he captained New Zealand, I thought even to when we sort of had to sell him and we didn't see him for for a while through injury, I always thought he was an absolute stalwart at the time. Mm. Um, talk of him being sold at one point to Arsenal, um, yeah. and he was he was a fantastic centre back for us. Um, I would always obviously people fondly remember him for putting the ball in the back of the Pikey's net and stuff like that. Um, but I think even a lot of players that could have left. Um, and gone on to be better or do better things or have a better career um, mm. and, and really sort of stayed through through tough times and through the good times as well. Um, and obviously scoring the last goal at Upton Park is always going to help your case. So, yeah, for me, for me, Winston Reid, it sticks out um, as, as one of our better centre-backs, I'd say, yeah. in, the, in the 21st century or the, the 2010s, I guess you could say. No, you're right. <laughs> and I think actually what made it for him was going down to the Championship because he really cut his teeth a bit a bit quicker then you know what i mean and i remember when we you know there, when there's always hoo-ha you know oh we're signing this world cup center back oh who's it gonna be who's it gonna be who's it gonna be italian spanish uh argentinian no new zealand you know the guys who didn't one fuck all in the thing but, but i don't think i don't think they can see the goal 
um, in the champ in the actual four games they played or three games they played. But so uh, that's the thing; he never really came in with high, high expectations, no. and that was all good because no. he hit the ground running straight away and and yeah. played for, as well as he did for us for, for such a long time. So, no, and I was gen- genuinely. I think more than most, I, I really wanted him to come back from the the long, long layoff that he had, mm. um, and 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 sort of slip back in. And it, it wasn't the case, and it was never going to happen. Um, but it was, like I said, I don't look back and I don't see or have angry memories, or you know, and I'm not peeved with him or annoyed for for the way he yeah. acted or something. He's always a true professional, and uh, yeah, he was. Sorely missed, I think, having him around. Uh, no, I agree. That. I agree. I mean, you know, he has been here. For almost ten years now, yeah. he started in World Cup twenty ten, didn't it? So although he's he's sort of, I think he's still on loan to what's name in the MLS, but um, who knows? Who knows with Winnie Reed? Right? Okay, we'll put Winston Reed in. He is in. Who is the next centre back? Um, Anton Ferdinand is the next centre back. Oh. Um, if, we, if, if we were talking about, um, we were talking about sort of centre-backs of the 2010s. He was my centre-back of just before that. That was my kind of first memory uh, of, of a big, just strong centre-half. And I, I didn't know this until the other day. I did watch his My Hammers 11 and did notice the little trivia fact that he, he did win Premier League Player of the Month uh, and was only one of a few centre-backs to ever do it, um, including him and Rio. So yes. he was in my team before that even happened. But now I know that, <laughs> future reference. Um uh, yeah, he for me he was again at the heart of when times were sort of tough. I guess in the sort of just before the 2010 period and mm. potentially you know relegation stuff. Um, a lot of the players in my team they always gave 110 percent for the club, and I think that's why yeah. I, I I would choose them ahead of most um, because Ferdinand was at the club for such a long time before when he was a kid. Obviously, seeing his brother there, and mm. I can imagine what the club meant to him. And he always seemed to show that when he played on the pitch. Um, and again, if they're not the greatest two pairing of centre halves in the world, but if if I want to rely on someone to at least always give their all, I think these two uh, specifically are, are who I totally. would go with. No, you're totally yeah. right. You're totally right. And it, as you said, it's one of those things where it's your eleven, isn't it? So it's the people yeah. that that you saw. And um, yeah, I mean. Anton, yeah, he, he his, his love for the club is undeniable. You great, know, great stories of Tevez as well. I like just yeah, listening to in the nightclub. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. And he was so, and that's the thing. He was so like open and honest. He just like went on, you know. And he was like, I think also because he he'd spent the afternoon doing irons inside inside irons, yes. and so maybe he had to be a bit sort of you know corp not corporate, but you know he couldn't get. So he's like, right, okay, you know, just. <laughs> Let me tell you about the club. You know, it's like okay, well, but uh, no, he's a great man, great, great guy, uh, and, and lovely guy. right. Okay, so Anton is in. Let's go. Let's go centre midfield. Okay, uh, pretty midfielder. Pretty obvious for this one, uh, Mark Noble. Um, yeah. I, I think unless you were sort of born before '95, you had more of an option as to who your centre mid <laughs> you'd go for. Um, I think everybody sort of born after 95, you kind of have to go with, with Nobes, I think. Um, I mean, the earliest sort of memory I have with Noble was obviously when he was crying after the Spurs game because he thought we were going to go down. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and him sort of forming that partnership, you know, with Tevez and, and, and players like that. And I, I, I always try to stick by him. I know Gio has been the same on Hammers Chat. You know, mm. people complain a lot about Noble's legs and should he be starting and should he not? And, you know, I mean, people were talking about his legs going like three or four or five years ago. It feels like it's the same discussion every season. But if 
it's just Mr. West Ham all over. And I'm sure a lot of people had their kind of Mr. West Ham in the, excuse me, like coach very fizzy. Um, they had their Mr. West Ham in sort of years gone past. But I think for the younger generation, it's always been Mark Noble. Um, yeah. And I think he will just, he will become synonymous with West Ham icons uh, when, when he retires, you know, um, and like I said, he may he may not obviously, and he never has got to the same level as the likes of Moore and Brooking and Hurst or Peters or someone like that. But he will be mentioned among those names as West Ham uh, all time greats. And, and yeah, well, he's, he's, he's your he's your you know he's the same as me. He's like my Billy Bonds, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wasn't around to see Billy play. I, I saw him be a manager for us, but not as a player. Um, and Mark Noble's exactly the same. And I, I agree. I think it's been the last couple of games has probably. Until recently, like this season, I thought it was probably one of his strongest seasons for us because mm-hmm. it was almost like Deck was doing a lot of yeah. the donkey work and he could do a bit more about it, you know, have a bit more freedom. Um, but the last couple of games is, is pretty much, I mean, that's, yeah, everyone can sort of see that's going to be, hopefully, if we stay up our midfield with Suchek and, yeah. and Rice mm-hmm. um, and one other, you know, whoever that, that third one will be. But, um yeah, I think he's one of those. I mean, as I said, when I was at the um, when I was at the Chelsea game, he wasn't in the squad, so he was sat yes, back yeah. where the um, disabled um, people, disabled, um, you know, sort of the it's already quite nicely socially distanced already, to be honest, because you've got obviously a, a an able-bodied seat, then you've got a, a wheelchair access. Yeah. So it was him, I think, David Martin and, and Martin who, who does the announcing, and to see you, you could see how much West Ham meant to him because when when that third goal went in, when Yarmolenko scored, you could see he he almost punched a hole through the through the sort of the the it was like you know you could see and I was so annoyed because I wish I had a camera because no one saw it. But yeah. I saw it and I just knew how much the club means to him. And yeah, yeah he'll, he's been one of those guys who's going to be around the club, around the setup forever. You yeah. Know, when, I, when I interviewed Kevin Keane, he said that, you know, he's he's a really good, he's, he does a lot of coaching with the kids already and he's really yeah. good. I think and he's, he's the perfect, the perfect. Per- and I mean, when we, when we say perfect, I mean literally the perfect yeah. person for, for young kids coming through. Because I know there's a lot of talk saying, would you have him managing straight away or something like that? Maybe down down the line. But if you mm. if you wanted to, like I said, epitomise anybody that had come through the academy and worked their ass off to be starting every week and become captain of West Ham, he's just such a perfect person for kids to look up to yeah. um, to come through that academy. So I hope that West Ham do him the service of allowing him to become sort of that youth team will be around the setups as soon as he retires because I think yeah. we it would be a great great miss to have him have him go mm. yeah no I totally agree and you've got people you know and it seems the way the club's going a little bit more now you've got Colton Cole you've got obviously Steve Potts yeah. the 23s you've got Kevin Keane the 18s Koncheski's involved you've got Zabon Hines is involved so they are open to doing and I, I think you're right I I would see him a bit like I'd love to see him a bit like how Nolan's positioned at the moment. Do you know yes. what I mean? Because he, because he's like really in there, and I could see Noble fitting in even more so because West Ham is his life. You know, mm-hmm. Noble's Nolan played for the club for many years and was a very good captain, but it's not in Noble's blood. So uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But it's going to be fun, right? Okay, let's let's crack on. So we've got Noble in. He who is Noble? going to partner in that central midfield position. Speaking of Kevin Nolan, I was so close to putting him in because he was a great servant for us, great skipper, loved all the chicken dance and obviously helped us um, (laughs) in our first sort of years back into the Premier League and formed a good partnership with Allardyce when he was there. Um, 
but for me, Scotty Parker. Um, I used to love watching Scotty Parker play. Um, he always those little pirouettes he would do in midfield. Love, love a turn. Do you, love do you know it's noble? That noble does them as well. Yes, and that, it's almost like he's learned. And I, I saw I saw Deck do one the other day. Yeah, it's, it's like a rite of passage, really, isn't it? In that centre <laughs> mid position. Um, but he, he he was such a pleasure to watch, a joy to watch. Um, another player again who would always give you give you everything every single week, creative, defensive, whatever it was. Always always putting in 110%, had the engine mm. to do it as well. Um, and obviously that year where he was sort of right as players of the year or whatever whatever it was, um, he had an outstanding season. Um, and obviously it's never nice when you see some of your best players move to Tottenham. Um, but I couldn't, for some reason, I, I know a lot of people don't like him for, for that reason, but I never was able to see that hatred because I always thought he gave some of his best years for the club because his career, not necessarily tailed off, but it, it never was the same after he sort of left us. Um, mm. And it was, yeah, he's, again, if we're talking about standout midfielders, I think you know, Scott Parker is, is up there as one of the sort of the more talented ones we've had in, in central midfield. Um, and and what, what a player he was. Um, yeah. Just a shame he wasn't around for, for longer than he was. Uh, no, I know I know what you mean. But he was one of those players, and there's a very few number of players at West Ham I've seen play, who, if things aren't going well for the well in the game, he mm-hmm. takes it upon himself to make them better. Do you know what I mean? It was always, he would always like, it was almost like he'd gone like, fuck it, no, I'm going to do it myself. No one else is doing it. I'm going to do it. And he would. He would run his ass off that boy. Yeah. He would come off the pitch and you you could barely walk. You know, he was putting so much effort in. Um we could do a few of them at the moment. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's like we do have some, you know, like Bowen's got that sort of sense of you know, it's like like a, a dog of a bone who'll just keep going, money and uh and deck will keep going. But you know, it's, it's you know, I just think Scott Parker was was brilliant, and I, and I agree. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I think who can become sports writer, and I believe it was the same year, sports writer of the year, the player of the year, whatever it was. The season we went down, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's how impressive he was that year. To, oh, to do it in a, in a going down effort was just unbelievable. And one hammers a year, three years in a row as well. It's like. You know, again, I think I think it's only Billy Bonds or someone else. Not many people yeah. have done that, but um, um, but yeah, no, he's brilliant. Right, let's put put Scotty in. Okay, let's go. Let's go left midfield, left wing, whatever. Uh, yeah, Dimitri Payet. Um, <laughs> controversial one, um, but I'm pretty sure this guy gave so many people some of their happiest memories uh in in recent time um he took us to a whole nother level in that 2014-ish season when we left the bowling it feels so long ago now um crazy um but he he gave us so many happy memories um that was around the time when i was traveling home and away a lot so i was had the pleasure of seeing multiple multiple free kicks of his i mean you know the newcastle game when he had a brace the blackburn game i was there when he had a brace um he was just he was just magical to watch he you know glided across the pitch um and it was i wanted him to do so well in that european tournament i'm sure most of us at home were exactly like billich was when he was on the table you know celebrating yeah. when he scored against romania um but you know i i you could tell that he was always too good for us unfortunately um the way he left was very sour and the reasons behind it i guess are still a bit misty but um he was just such a talented player. And I saw the stat today that somebody put out that nobody or Dimitri Pite has created the most chances for West Ham um, still in however long. And, you know, he left the club like however many years ago. So I think 
as the youth today call it, or the streets will never forget um, yeah. <laughs> Dimitri Payet's first season with us because it was uh, it was. I mean, to be what is it like fourteenth or fifteenth in Ballon d'Or voting as well that year? I mean, he plays for West Ham. It's just <laughs> those kind of things. It, it didn't was, happen, wasn't it? and it was like, and um, when we um, actually, I think when I was interviewing Gonzo, we spoke about it. So obviously, you had the song and. And who was I talking to? I think I was talking to when I was talking to Chris Akabusi. We were talking about the song, and he said, "Oh, I love that song. It was so like, you know, it was so trite. We've got Payette, but I, I agree with Gonzo's, uh, you know, interpretation. It was almost out of, you know, <laughs> disbelief. We've got yeah. Payette. I just don't yeah. think we understand. He's super, you know, who's yeah. this guy? And it's like we had this guy who was." You know, for that season, particularly the guy in the Premier League. When's that ever happened at West Ham? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he was brilliant, and you know, and he is—he is the best player, technically the best player I've seen yeah. at West Ham. Not—not um, not the best player overall. I think you probably, yeah. yeah, I reckon you probably got him in your team coming up, but the best technical player I think because he was—he yeah. was also as you stage free kicks. Nothing of the bloke. I, quite, I, quite, I, I still know. remember that. The one against Palace, and I was sat, and we were doing. Uh, I was I was in Sheffield at uni, and I remember I was on the phone to my dad at the time, who wasn't at the game. Um, and I just remember, just I was like, "Oh, Palace taking a free kick," and I went, "Oh, he's, he's missed, it's gone over." And I went, oh, wait a minute, "No, it's gone in." And I just sat watching those replays because he done that. Um, but that was that was that was it. It was almost just like you expected him to perform well. Never have I ever felt like I watched the player week in week out and he was going to perform every single week. And it was yeah. like nine times out of ten, he was, he was the best player on the pitch. And um, it just, yeah, I'm unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not happening, Charlie. Go away. <laughs> Charlie, we're just like, fuck off about Jordan. Every live somebody sees him, it'll be yeah. hashtag Big George. Recall Big George. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I put that back in for him. I did that. No, but you're right with Pyatt. Pyatt was just incredible and he made that last season at, yeah. at the bowling you know i don't think that um i don't think that we it wouldn't have been half the distance oh thank you very much i'm united um uh no i would it wouldn't be the same it wouldn't be the same because obviously he made such a big such, such a big impression and yeah. it was just great fun watching him and you said you know he was exciting you'd get you know and before for Pyatt, you know what i mean it's like uh for yeah for the probably the last person who did that um you know, oh god, here he goes, here he goes, here he goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cheers, Charlie. Um, you haven't had anyone anyone like that. Um yeah. you know, before he had the ball, he was excited. I remember the I think it might have been Everton. He'd been injured for a couple of games in the Everton game. Yeah, I think it was Everton. He was on the bench and you could hear just the and they were calling for him to come on. And he came on and you thought, gee, here he comes. And he thought oh, he's, he's been injured. Ball, but- Back from in the Liverpool game, um, yeah. after the McCarthy incident or whatever it was, the just the the sound when he returned onto the pitch, and he was just that's like, it. It was Liverpool, not Everton. I've not, not heard that in just such a long time at West Ham to be just. I mean, that player for me is coming up in a minute, but um, yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable, unbelievable. No, player. you're right, and he just and because he was injured, oh, and he did like I think he did a three sixty straight away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, he's back. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, we'll put Pyatt in. Let's go for right wing. Who we got um, right wing? Joey Cole. Um for me, Joey I, I don't remember too many of his earliest um 
memories for me. Um, in, in that second spell, obviously he was a bit, a bit more. Uh, I was too young to remember his sort of when he just broke through into the first team. Um, but the first couple of games, I do remember. Obviously, my when I went to see West Ham for the first time in two thousand one, um, he I think came on as a substitute in that game, and and he was there for a couple of seasons. Um, but he had so much talent. Um, and it was a joy to watch him growing up. Um, even when he went over to Chelsea or England, I always secretly wanted him to do well because he's always been such a nice, likable guy, and he never really almost wanted to show it back in your face, um, kind of kind of thing. Um, but unfortunately, injuries derailed his career. Um, but when he came back to West Ham that that year, almost I don't know it. It just again somebody that clearly loved the club and wanted the club to do well um I may not have played week in week out 100% of the time um but his his effort and his contribution nonetheless he was kind of my along with one of my strikers he was the first sort of players I remember watching at West Ham um and obviously he was there for a couple of years after the likes of Lampard and, and Ferdinand and stuff and was the last of that bunch to go mm. um so I remember him more than, than than the other guys growing up but yeah for me and I know he's Charlie's was uh, Joey Cole was Charlie's uh, sort of hero growing up, and yeah. he was mine almost um, until a certain man came along from Argentina. Um, but yeah, he's a fantastic, fantastic player. Um, always would have liked to have seen him come back to the club as well. Um, Jonathan Caleri, uh, we're talking about. Just yes, of course, yeah, Jonathan Caleri. Um, so <laughs> I was quickly racking my brains with Argentinian. But but yeah, what a, what 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 a guy! I just wish that he could have been around for more in his prime years, not before he came back to us for the second time, but um, that first time if he'd stayed around for a little bit more. But unfortunately, Chelsea decided to be a tight and take him. But yeah, but, I, but do you know what I love about him? I, I love his I love him on um, on BT Sport. I think he's brilliant. He's so on. He's brilliant. He did a he did the game yesterday actually. Um, but his insight and I mean you can catch it on YouTube because they always do that. Him and you know Jake Humphreys back at the studio and he, he's brilliant. And when he talks about West Ham, he hits the nail on the head every time. He just yeah. gets West Ham. He gets he gets what's the issues. He gets what what's could be done. And uh, no, I just think he's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, I would love him. Uh, West Ham never happened, but I'd love him at West Ham. I don't think maybe one day, but you know. Um, and, and as and as Andy Walsh has said in the comments, you were right. He signed his first when he signed his first pro. Yeah, I think it was it was against Chelsea, I believe. If I'm right, at half time. So I remember Jeremy Nicholas saying, "Tell your tell your tell your grandkids you were there when Joe Cole signed his pro, and it was against Chelsea." So mm. uh, as as always happens with West Ham, it's always. It was for someone else's benefit, but um, yeah. right, we'll put Joe in. Joey's in. Let's go, strikers. Okay, uh, first one. Obvious, obvious one. We'll go first, which is uh, Paladino. What? <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty picky on. Uh, <laughs> um, Paladino first. Um, again, along with Joey Cole, I guess I would say the first sort of player. Him, Trevor Sinclair, um, Joey Cole. That era, that shirt with the Doctor Martin's just looking at the yeah. photo there. He just, I don't know. You know, he's one of those talismanic players that West Ham have had um, and he's just another level of, of, of brilliance um, thankfully I was around and remember some of his sort of later goals before he left the club um, but just in terms of just charisma and everything there's just so many words to describe Paolo you know I think everybody sort of has that memory of him um, 
meeting him at the training ground as well when I was younger and that kind of stuff. And he's just, just what a man for West Ham. I guess I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say he, he put West Ham on the map, but he almost helped bring us into the 21st century in terms of just being that Premier League icon for us almost, you know. Um, but he just, and again, 100% of the time, passion and the goals he scored for us and um, the manner in which he left, you know, and you know, so the love I have for this club and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, just what a man. Um, and he'll never, I'll never forget sort of him coming back, Amarno was testimonial. And he, I mean, he could do no wrong at West Ham, you know, he could break in at night, steal some of the seats. I don't know. Do, he just, he could do no wrong in West Ham's eyes. That man just owns the pitch he just there's just this aura about him thankfully i was at his uh at noble's testimonial and just seeing him and what he did just his aura about him when he came back it's just that love for him has never disappeared um and I, I would challenge most people to not have him in their starting 11s um, yeah i mean you're totally right he i mean at the end of the day he the man was bloody is bloody inked with west ham you know he's got a west ham tattoo and and you know i just think I just think with Paolo, I think he's one of those players who, I, I, I mean, as I said, I think Payet is the best technical player I've seen at West Ham. I think Paolo's the best player because you've got yeah. the, you've got that, that technical ability. You've got that passion. You've got mm. that entertainment value, and all those three together, it makes makes a player. And he was just yeah. box office. It was again yeah. a bit like Repka. You got you were excited in that era to go to West Ham because you yeah. didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. You know, who thought one Saturday you're going to turn up and you're playing Bradford City, and then you have <laughs> a game which you still talk about. You know, was it twenty years later? Um, it, it's mental, and and it's I just love it. And they did a thing, didn't they, the other day that the Hatties um, United just put it up. Yeah, they uh, he put up uh, West Ham did all their all these goals is like a montage, and uh, yeah, and, and you go back and hear about all these idiocracies in that you know the the Arsenal game where he shorts on backwards because yeah. um, he you know and he's and I, I talked to obviously we. We're interviewing lots of different people, and there's lots of different stories, their own personal stories about Paolo. And some of them are brilliant, you know, like how he would, when he was Swindon manager and John Joe and Gary uh, Herman, they they went, he invited them to the ground to the ground to see him after a game. And he basically opened up this drawer at Swindon. It's full of pictures of his time at West Ham. And, <laughs> you know, I know. And it's like, uh, was it, I saw it's Nicky Hawkins, and they did like one of those pre-match events and Paolo was there and he was already dapper, really dressed up, you know, in the yeah. nines, as you can imagine. Yeah. And, and Nicky went, looking good, Paolo. And he just went, I always dress up for my family. Might drop, isn't it? It's like a total oh, might drop. Love him. Love him, love him, love him. Right, okay, so Paolo is in. We have one more piece of the pie. Uh, and <laughs> carry on top of this pie. Yes. Yeah. The cherry um, on top. Jonathan Caleri, let's talk about it now. Uh, yeah, Carlos Tevez. Yeah. Carlos Tevez. Um, my, my, <laughs> yeah, my, my first just proper, proper love um for West Ham and and I know it was one season um but the effect that this man had on me this it, I was always kind of a West Ham fan um yeah. until Tevez came and I I've always 
always had a love and passion for the club before Tevez. But when Tevez came, it was kind of that that season was when I really fell in love with not only just Tevez, but in terms of just falling in love with West Ham as well. Mm. Um, and obviously, all season it took him to score his first goal. It felt like, um, and when that that free kick went in against Spurs. I, I was obviously, I mean, I was in Yorkshire at the time, but I remember just being sat in front of the telly and I've never celebrated somebody's goal so much, other than maybe Winston Reeves against United. Um, I've never celebrated a goal so much um, and the happiness I felt for him because you could see it all over his face. And it wasn't like he didn't try every single week when he was playing. He always gave his his, his all. Um, but when that first goal came, it was just a, the a, one of the best runs we've almost seen from a striker at West Ham, I guess, for, for, for years almost. I mean, yeah. closest that was the Afrosacco that, that did it you know in terms of scoring game after game um but that that great escape those last couple of months he had for West Ham um I don't know it imprinted on me so much I mean if you follow me on Twitter or if you see most of I mean, my my PlayStation handle is my online name is Athos32 my Twitter is Athos32 my passwords when I was at school don't anybody try and hack me by the way because it's changed <laughs> now but it, it was always Tevez32 yeah. Um, like I said, he was for me. He was. <laughs> I'm sorry, Charlie. Um, like I said, he had such an effect on me. He was. He was partly down to the reason why I, I fell in love with West Ham. Um, and I was at the game, the first game back, when he came back to us with Man United. And again, I was in the chicken run that day with my dad, and I never forget just the guy coming over the the, the tannoy and saying, you know, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo, boo uh, and reigning hammer of the year, Carlos Tevez, and he was giving it all this and the cheer that went up for him. And yeah, it was just what a player. And uh, I was so happy that we were linked with him the other day. And I saw yeah, the eye got 36, oh, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was, he was kind of my, my idol growing up. I, it was always Ronaldinho and then, Carlos Tevez for some reason. Yeah. Ronaldinho was the reason why I fell in love with football, and Carlos Tevez was was the the, the reason I fell in love really with with West Ham. So yeah. And 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 do you think you know? And it's, it's the same with most players, but with Tevez particularly because he came uh, and 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 literally as uh, as Ing United said, obviously just turned up him and Mascarano almost like they were. I don't know, like, it was almost like they were kidnapped. It looked like was, it, you know. I, was, I remember I was at school that day and uh, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of like, I, just, I, looked, I looked at my phone and I was kind of a bit like, West Ham just signed Tevez and Mascherano. And I was yeah. like, no, I haven't. And then the picture comes out of them and Pardew and they're holding the shirts and stuff. And I was just walking around like I'd, we'd just won the Premier League or we'd won the World Cup. It was like, yeah, well, yeah, look at who we've got. Knowing full well that we yeah. were going to probably get relegated that year. But to be able to have those two at the club, for whatever reason, Hayden Mullins used to start week in, week out instead of Mascherano, but besides the point. Um, but to have those two at the club, I was just, yeah, it was, I just walked around like the dog's bollocks basically every yeah. single day. Um, you and I and United by the looks of it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. I remember at work, it was just came on the BBC ticker and then you were like the talk. Everyone, you know, you were the off the, the water cooler moment, yeah. you know, Russ, Russ. Tevez, and I don't know, and it was like they did look like they just they had this being been bundled in to a car, yeah. and it was like, what? Where am I? You know, you <laughs> you've got to go to Chadwell Heath for training. Yeah. What is that? Maybe yeah. the pub down there. Maybe the check, check our left. It's like what? Okay, but uh, no, yeah, and, and you're right. We waited for ages for that first goal to come in, um, and as you said, you know, it was almost because he was almost trying too much, wasn't he, Carlos? It seemed. Yeah. 
and Curbs literally went, right, you stay up there and don't move. Yeah. Um, and a bit like a bit like what Moyes did with Anatovic, you know, Anatovic yeah. lost in the right wing. From up front, you just stay there and we, we kick yeah. the ball to you and you run. And that's it. Um, it's such a simple game. But you're right. He came in and made like such an impact. And obviously, you know, the, the goals are really important. And as you said before, you know, Anton talks a great story about, about Carlos in the nightclub with his translator. So good, so good to hear that. Absolutely know. brilliant. Yeah. And even John, an interview, John Pansil, same thing. <laughs> I just said to him, what happens, like, you know, you, you turn up for training and then, like, there's two, like, Argentine internationals in the team. And he was like, it's football. Oh. It's football. <laughs> what do you do? It's like, it's exactly. But, um, no, yeah, I, it's do, not. I do think, though, uh, that the, the fans were willing to give him the time of day because he did always give his all when he played for us. And you could see that the ability was there. And I think that's why the fans were willing to give him the time of day. That was why when he did score yeah. that first goal, yeah. it was just one of the best recent sort of memories in West Ham. It It was, yeah, not just for him, but for the entire fan base, because it was just, we all wanted it so badly for him. Um, But I just, I I loved every single time he came back to play against us or we played. He always had the time of day to come over and and he started, obviously, he was crossed. So, and he always, he always, he always gave us the time of day as a fans and he never forgot where, where he came from. And obviously if, if that was true and the quote that he said the other week about, you know, there's only one club close to my heart over here and that was West Ham and you know he may never come back I almost hope he doesn't because he would break the wage bill but yeah it was uh yeah what a what a man what what a what man. man what a man what a way to finish the first live <laughs> at 11 a nice, a nice one Tom it's been an absolute pleasure thank yes. you so much and obviously Me thank too. you for everyone to you know for people <laughs> continual people logging in all the time which is does surprise me um but obviously comments and stuff um really appreciate all, all the support for the channel um and and basically and and I don't I basically don't think Charlie's going to talk to you now by the sound of it <laughs> I did. Uh, well, Charlie, look, I'm sorry. We, we, we'll, we'll hash it out and we'll, we'll get back to streaming against Norwich at the weekend and we'll be fine. But no, this this format of it has been brilliant. I'm sure the more people realise you're doing these live, the people people coming through the door for me. It's, been, oh, it's, such, yeah. it's, it's such, such a good thought. I've said this to Charlie. I'm so annoyed at you for thinking of something like this <laughs> because this is such a good format yeah. for a show it's brilliant it honestly absolutely is fantastic um it's not not just not just you that i think is annoyed that's all we'll say <laughs> that's all we'll say anyway <laughs> until next time everybody take care stay safe and we'll see you again very very soon and i think tom we have to close with the carlos crossed hammers put it the right way cover your eyes see you later guys take care love to you all Podcast Network.